Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen. So, uh, who's driving the boat here? Who's who's deciding what happens in your life? Well, well, of course that's going to be you, right? It's me. It's my life. It's me," said the ego. Nothing. I, I'm not. I'm not here to to um, decide if the ego is good or bad or whatever, but for some of us, we live our life so completely in our mind, in our busy mind. And And I think 2020 and the following years, when the, when the collective narrative got tipped over, so to speak, when the, the normal of 2019 shattered and and all the variables in our lives got thrown up in the air a lot of times we can try to figure it out we can we can stay in our mind and it's like good golly uh, i need to figure out what's going on and uh and and we have more choices than just than just our mind than just our ego. Certainly, our ego is a, a fundamental component of our human experience, but we, we really live in a in a very multi-dimensional experience. We all have angels. We all have a soul. We all have a heart, and none of those is ego, and all of those can have wisdom for us. Wait, what? (laughs) I mean, um, if you look at the stories of of 9-11, that fateful day, there's countless people that missed their plane, and because they missed their plane, they were stuck in you know, Wichita, Kansas, and didn't go to work that morning in New York City, or they missed the subway, or they they called in sick. Because our heart and our soul know what's going to happen in two months and two years. Our heart and our soul can, as... as, um, There's such a nonlinear aspect to ourselves... They have a a vast amount of information and opportunities for us. But what I find really curious is the ego is really the kind of lowest common denominator or, or perhaps the final say in it until the ego decides, until the ego decides to step back and let some of that other wisdom come in. And then there's our angels, our angels. Oh, how patient and loving they are. I assume they're patient. I know if they're my angels, they're patient. I'm excited for tonight's episode. 
Our guest tonight is Lillian Fortna, and the topic tonight is the name of her book, Winks from Above. Winks from Above, opening up to signs and synchronicities to receive little miracles each day. You know, we're going to bring her on in just a minute, but... uh, I wanted to to just take a moment and acknowledge that this show is now in our 13th year. And a big namaste to our, our audience in India. Again, an uptick in our listeners from India. Thank you. I hope you're enjoying the episodes. Um, but I think we should get to it. We're going to have a, a fun talk tonight. Again, the topic is the title of our guest's latest book, Winks from Above. In today's world, so many people seem to be angry, frightened, unable, or unwilling to cope with the array of negativity that bombards them constantly. Yet some people search for a clearer meaning through all the noise. Search for a clearer meaning through all the noise. Wings from Above provides an answer. It invites you to discover the signs and synchronicities that exist all around you that are the very clues you need to gain insight and thrive. Lillian provides practical tips for cultivating and deepening a relationship with your highest sources of guidance. You'll discover the power and presence of your spirit guides and angels, learn to develop and trust your own intuition and learn how to tap into your own innate power to communicate with your guides and angels to rise above and beyond your circumstances. You don't have to put up with ego overdosing. (laughs) Our guest has been a professional contemporary dancer, European fashion model, fashion consultant, Amazon rainforest explorer, wife, mother, grandmother, energy healer, consciousness explorer, artist, and and most recently, a multiple best-selling author. Despite suffering a very difficult childhood involving painful abuse and rejection, she overcame adversity through her close alignment with the spiritual world. In her memoir, Wings from Above, she has been able to reach a broader audience and help them discover their innate gift of communicating with their guides and angels to create a better, richer, and happier life. Born in Hanoi, Vietnam, Lillian is French-Vietnamese. She grew up in France and subsequently lived in Europe, Asia, and the U.S. She has a degree in English literature and is is fluent in French and English. You can learn more at winksfromabove.com. 
join me in welcoming Lillian to the show. Welcome to the show, Lillian. Oh, thank you so much, Les, for having me. What a delightful book you've written. I, I really enjoy the the uh, um, all the all the examples that you give um, as you share the the history of your of your life and the, and throughout the book you fold in the idea of wings from above the idea of um guidance from uh your angels and guides how early on in your life were you aware of your angels and your guides well um it took me a long time because i would simply follow my intuition um and I knew things were, I mean, by following my intuition, I was able to do a lot, a lot of things that um, is not always easy to realize, like to become a model when I'm much shorter than than the average model or to become a dancer when I'm 27 already, etc. So I always did a lot of things I had in my mind, things I really wanted to do. And... um, it was not that difficult. I just followed guidance. You know, something was offered to me. I said, oh, well, why not, et cetera, et cetera. And then I ended up doing a lot. Like lately, I wrote a book. <laughs> and at age uh, 74, now I'm an, I'm an author. I have a lot, a lot of uh, um, plans ahead, uh, like teaching, uh, writing other books, this time for children with the same message. Um, that that is found in my book, etc. So I always manage to do things that I want to do, but I never question uh, why. It's uh, it's only a few years ago uh, because I had an illness. Nobody could understand what it was. Uh, finally, after over a year and a half, I was in a, I had a surgery. And I was in a hospital for one month, during which time I took advantage to, well, I had plenty of time to write and think about my life. And I thought that I was very, very lucky that I finally found the right doctor. Um, We did a surgery that had never been done. And by thinking about that, I thought, well, I have been lucky in my life so many times, and so many people would say, oh, you're so lucky. And, you know, I would just shrug my shoulder and say, yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, Because I I didn't think any further. Now, when I was in my 20s, I would have loved to know more, but uh, it was a time when there were not many books out explaining what I was looking for, why why I, I had out-of-body experiences, for instance, and that was very weird, but I I didn't want to talk to anybody about that because I was afraid to be judged, and and it sounded so so strange. And I had so many, so many things happening all the time, but I would not discuss about that. So it's when I was starting to write the book, I had to do a lot of research, and I found out that I was helped all the time, but how? And that's when I came um, to get to know my guides 
and realized that I had angels and I was watched. I was never alone. There was always someone with me helping me. Um, so that's how I, um, I realized that I was really guided and they were, I was always surrounded by uh, benevolent entities, I mean, um, spiritual entities that I call guides and you have different types of guides and then angels. So it's later in life that I found out uh, about my guidance and children and really communicate with them, people that I would not. Right. Well, the um, like I was saying in the introduction, a lot of times we, we feel like, well, uh, perhaps in the Western arena, we get so much in our minds the the academic the the analytical mind and when we go to do something um, we f- we feel like we have to figure it all out I mean it, it seems like we want to know the whole journey we want to see the whole path before we take the first step and in your mm-hmm. example of becoming a dancer uh, is a an example of how we don't have to figure out every flip and little detail in that um, winks from above these signs and synchronicities we can be guided um, towards what we intend to have happen in our life in other words you chose to be a dancer and when you set that as an intention and started to uh, create it as an experience in your life, the, the the wisdom and opportunity and synchronicity that could accelerate how long that would take had you just figured it all out with your mind. I mean, um, that's an example of not having to to figure every single step out and let go and open up and be guided towards what you want to create. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're, you're very right with that. Um, but for some people, it's very difficult to think that way, to let it go, really. Um, and even for myself, because I'm a type A personality, so I had to have things, you know, figured out, etc. But part of me also... Um, was trying to, I would have an offer and I would, you know, evaluate it and I would really go with my intuition. I mean, if it was something that I felt was right for me and I really desired it, then I would go for it. And once I made the decision, it was amazing how things came towards me. You know, I didn't have to look like, like, like to become a model. Same thing. I never went, I never... Uh, went to an agency, I was simply invited uh, to participate in a, in a show. And after the show, uh, the, the, the next day I got phone calls, it was for movies, and it was also to become a model. I said, well, okay. <laughs> I signed a contract for models, and that's how I became a model. I mean, and, and even the fashion show, I was not, I did not go and knock on the door. I'd like to participate. I was invited. You know, so there are lots of things like that that happened in my life. I was simply invited at the opportunity. 
uh, for instance, going to the Amazon, live with the Indians. I mean, it seems very far-fetched for many because I lived with people who uh, still live like in the Stone Age, really. Um, but I was going to, to over there because I was interested to study their plant. Well, I just happened to meet someone who was looking. I mean, he was wondering if he could find a woman to go back with him to the Amazon because he went several times, but each time as a man alone, it was not very good for him because the Indians were a little bit concerned. You know, if you've been with a woman in Europe, plus the woman could study certain things that he could not. So he mentioned that to me. (laughs) I said, (laughs) yep. Um, <laughs> and then everything started. I joined the Explorer, uh, the Explorer Society uh, of France and, and started to study and this and that. I mean, you know, I, I just said, yes, and now what? <laughs> so, well, uh, well that's, happened, it's, you know? that's funny because um, for myself, I grew up in a, I grew up in the States and, uh, um there's this there was there was at the time this white picket fence idea of what life was to look like go to school mm-hmm. get a job get married buy a house retire and uh i spent the first few decades of my life kind of uh quite content in that that idea of how my life would go and then i got cracked open when I was 35 and now my life is is kind of like what you're describing where all these new and different things come to me the uh you know start a podcast write a book um study water uh, learn um FPGA programming <laughs> and and what I'm getting at is um when when I first got inspiration to write a book, my ego is like, no, that that's not the white picket fence view of my life. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't, I couldn't. It it seemed like silliness, you know. Write a book, who me? I don't. I mean, it just didn't fit <laughs> my ego, my ego's idea of what my life should be. But but now I totally appreciate. When new ideas, new visions, new tangents or tra- trajectories come into my life, and when I look at your book and listen to your story, it seems like you, you were open early on to all these um, tangents, like going to the Amazon and becoming a dancer, and um, um, it, it seems more of a... I don't know if the word holistic fits, but a more um, authentic way to live is to not have that rigidness, uh, a rigid idea of what your future will be. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? It does make sense. But I think that even in that little girl, there was an old soul. Because when I realized that people were not nice towards me, until I was nine, uh, living with my grandmother, people were not nice. And um, I was happy when I was alone with animals. And, and that's it. Um, it's, um, I think I was an old 
uh, I'm an old soul because very early on, uh, I know that when I was eight, it was before I left uh, my grandmother, so around eight, I told very bluntly to the nuns because I was raised by nuns, <laughs> and uh, my grandmother, no, I don't believe in Jesus. And, oh, my God, it was very poorly regarded. And I said that because I felt people were lying to me. So why should I believe what people say? Um, and very early on, I became a reborn, and I would do my own thing. For instance, when I found out that there were books that were banned by the church, so guess what I did? I got the list. <laughs> right, and right. I'm sure that I would find those books and uh, read them. I mean, uh, at least some of them, et cetera, et cetera. So I always did my own thing because I felt that people – they were not nice to me. So no matter what I did, they were not nice to me. So it was as well that I did my own thing. So that's, that's how it started as a well, child. In, in the book, I, I like how you, you really um, break down the, the various um, aspects of our, our ability to be psychic. There's clairvoyant, clairaudient, um, and and all the others and a lot mm-hmm. of times I don't think people realize um, how psychic they are. I, I know for myself um, the idea of the idea of even being psychic. I was raised in a staunch Mormon Christian household in a small town in Utah. What the mm-hmm. hell does psychic have to do with anything? <laughs> <laughs> and but but in hindsight, I can see that I was intuitive. I was I, I had that uh, a psychic awareness in my life, and I had made choices that um, I don't know transcended the ego. Or it it's like when um, when we look at our own ability to be psychic. A lot of people, I don't think, recognize um, that perhaps they're already psychic, even though they don't feel that they are. And and what I liked about your book is how methodical you go through really what it means to to be aware of your own uh, psychic awareness, so to speak. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm working right now with my class. Um and I have them come back and tell me what they found, you know, during the week, write, write, down, um, write down if they have something very special, et cetera. But, and then we discuss, is it clairvoyance, is it clairsentience, is it clairolfaction, et cetera. So they will know better to look and if they have an inner, you know, an, an, an inner um, eye vision, um, then they can they, they will not blend it with the physical eyes. They can blend and they can uh, they can they realize that it's uh, the psychic sense of seeing that they use, or it could be clear audience, which is uh, through the inner ears, etc. So we're working on that, and and indeed, many of them had never thought about it, but they come up with a lot of oh yeah, I have this, I have that, and and they give me a lot a lot of. Uh, explanation of what they, they see, what they feel, 
uh, what they hear, etc. So it's, it's very interesting. And once we are aware, uh, then it's easier to to realize that maybe an image that comes to, to mind is a sign or maybe a sound, a sound that nobody else can hear but, but you, maybe it's a sign, especially if it comes back very often for certain things. Um, it, it could be also a clear olfaction, which is the, the clear smelling. It's not unusual to maybe smell the uh, eau de cologne um, of, let's say, the grandfather, or maybe a cake that the grandmother used to bake. Uh, right. they're, they're gone now, but to me, what it does indicate is that they're present, and maybe it's time to have a communication with them. Maybe they came for a visit or something, and it's a sign. So it, it's fun to learn these uh, psychic senses and uh, and be aware of them. So that's that's what we've been. Uh, studying next would be the spirit guides, but uh, right now we're working through the psychic senses. For myself, I uh, like I don't know ten years ago or whatever. Um, I really wanted to. I wanted to hear my angels. I wanted to hear my guides, and that's not really how I'm wired in this moment. And. Uh, and I was kind of being, uh, I was trying to strong arm it. I was trying to like bring myself around so I would be, you know, be able to hear and talk to my, my guides. I, my ego really wanted that. And after a while I realized um, I'm very psychic as a cleric cognizant or a sense of knowingness. And yeah, and I, but I didn't give myself any value or credit for that. And I was trying to force it to happen in another way. And then I, I, after, I don't know, I didn't spend a lot of time on it, but perhaps several months, I, I realized I need to just chill out and take me as I am, so to speak. <laughs> and, and when I when I let go of that need for it to be a particular way, and I and I started to pay attention, I realized that I was I was very psychic, and mm-hmm. what I had been quote longing for unquote I already had, but I didn't recognize it. And that's what I kind of like about your book is you give so many examples over and over and over through the whole book about um, the that that awareness that that uh psychic insight if you will and and you share that with how it has helped you in your life to navigate really quite a bit of change i mean your life has been a very dynamic thing <laughs> yes no that, that yeah that, that that's very true also the book uh, to help people, uh, there is a down, free download, downloadable um, uh, workbook, and it follows the story. I mean, it follows the book, and people, as they have an idea or, or memory coming back, they can jot it down, 
and later on expand if they want to in their journal, but at least they, they can jot it down because I ask questions in part two of the book. Uh, there is point to ponder uh, after almost every little story, almost. And I ask people, how about you? Have you ever, and I go back to the type of story I was telling, just to try to trigger memories in them. Right. And um, quite a few people responded. Um, that's why I built my book that way, because I felt that people, if you give them a little bit to think about, then suddenly there are memories coming back. And one comes back, then oftentimes you have several in your room coming back, etc. I remember friends saying, oh, yeah, oh, that reminds me of something I, never, I haven't thought about in decades. <laughs> you know, so it's good, to have something like that that will trigger the mind to go back in time and maybe have a very clear vision of something that happened a long time ago. Right. Well, the uh, kind of why I started the show talking about um, who's driving the boat. I mean, so many people. I mean, I do energy work on people, and uh, boy, when when they're when they're living life in the fast brain, and they're all mental, and their brain's going nine hundred billion trillion zillion miles an hour, and they're thinking mm-hmm. and thinking and thinking and and a lot of times that's that's where um i think anxiety and um stress and frustration comes in because the, they're not tuned in to this intuitive information they're not they're living 100% out of their mind quite mm-hmm. literally <laughs> they've gone out of their mind and uh, <laughs> um what I like about your book is is it it takes the reader when you read that's a function of the mind as you as your mind is reading this this book that you've written it it has such wonderful demonstrations of how there's so much information to us available to us that doesn't come from our mind that can help uh alleviate the stress and the worry and the fret that we can sometimes create for ourselves when we just get stuck in our mind. So I, I think you've done a, a delightful job with this with this book. When you when you think about I mean in the book you talk about uh becoming uh an energy healer and mm-hmm. um the first couple of times um the idea came into your mind but you didn't pursue it when you think about uh the intention your soul had for your life uh, what i'm getting at here is i think a lot of people have uh, a purpose or perhaps many purposes to fulfill in their life and if 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 they get locked in their mind they um they're not always going to be um uh, aware enough of why they're here you know like I when I first went to write a book my mind gladly argued against it and our listeners can have um, uh, 
intentions, you know, life a life purpose that their soul chose before they were even born that they might be ignoring right now because um, they live so much in their head. When when you see something like energy healing in your life and you have opportunities to learn uh, these this modality, um, how does how does um, your psychic awareness help you stay focused on the intention of your soul? Well, first of all, I was asked to become an energy healer by an energy healer that I would see at least once a year. Uh, it would treat our family because where I grew up, they were not doctors. Everybody would go to a healer that was still the old Celtic region of France. And a neighbor was a healer, and he was about, he and his wife were about the only people I would, uh, I would consider friendly towards me. So I would spend time in their kitchen watching what happened because at that time it was very different. People would come. They would bring a chicken or a bottle of wine or something that's how they would pay. They would sit at the kitchen table and they would get maybe some oil from <laughs> cooking oil, you know, olive oil. And if he had to touch them, otherwise he would not touch them. He would just work with his hands above the affected part of the body. Uh, so I have seen a healer. Now, on the other hand, I knew my grandmother had a lot of capabilities, but she was using those capabilities in ways that were, that were scary to me and mean. For instance, uh, I remember one time, she called me, she had a picture of my grandfather. He died when I was 18, but I was never able to meet him. She hated him. So... Um, she had a picture of him, and, and she, she had scissors, and she said, come here, look. And she said all kinds of horrible things about the man. And then she would gradually cut pieces of his body in front of me, and she had that, that frightful laugh. I mean, it was sick. It was um, And then she took needles, I remember. She pierced his eyes, etc. So that's one thing, but I've seen her do other things. And I knew she was using uh, energy, but not in the right way. In the, she, was, she was in the dark. She was not in the light. So when I had the opportunity, when I was, um, when I was in my 20s, I, you know, I was very thankful that the, the healer uh, suggested I do the same as he did. He tested me and the, the tests were positive. I mean, I, he said, you should do it. But I was scared. I was my grandmother. Right. I was afraid that I fall into the darkness. So I had the opportunity again, uh, years later, a decade later, by, by the same man, the same healer. And no, no, I, I just could not. I felt I not. I felt I could maybe go on the wrong side. So finally, right. when it happened third time, and that's what's happening at Ashley, you are offered things because it is part of your life. I mean, that's what that's what you're supposed to do. You don't accept to do it, which to me I refuse. I had a valid reason, I think, but still I did not. 
So the third time that it came to me that I was supposed to do that, I was very, very, very sick. I had um, um, lung chlamydia, and I had um, oh, it's an illness that mostly young people have, which is very, very, very tiring. So I both at the same time, and I saw doctors. They gave me antibiotics. Nothing would work. And I was becoming very weak. My husband was not home at the time. He was traveling. So when he came back several weeks later, I finally was able to go to my healer in France because we live nine hours away from him. And in five days, he put me back on, <laughs> on track when I had I suffered for about four months. He told me, he said, you know what to do now. <laughs> well, so I said... And I will follow you. I will follow your path. So that's how. A couple of months later, I started to take classes, work with a shaman, and, and study very hard. And when I studied, the funny thing is that a lot of it I knew already. It was strange. It was strange. The, 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 you know, in position of the hands and how to approach things. I knew it's like I've done it before. It was very strange. Very it's interesting. Like, it's like remembering. Yes. You know, but I think sometimes, like you talk about having, um, you know, uh, the the negative, so to speak, experience with your grandmother and and the way she used her energy. Um, but but part of the healing that humanity is looking to go through is to is to get clear about those kind of things. And I mean, you were exposed to that, that uh, uh, ne- uh, negative intention use of energy, so to speak. And, and mm-hmm. that brought an awareness to you. I mean, you wouldn't be the same person to go into energy work without that experience. Like um, it in, uh, when they would burn witches at the center of the town square, mm-hmm. um, a lot of times those witches, quote, witches, unquote, were actually very good and positive people that were learning how to um, be powerful. I mean, like in the in the Christian teachings, Jesus walks in and, and heals people point blank and says, come on, come on, y'all, you're going to do this too. All of you will do this and more. And yet it, during that era, if you went and healed somebody, they would say you were blasphemous to God. It, it's so ludicrous. It's so ludicrous if you actually start fulfilling what Jesus had promised to you, the church would label you the, the devil and, and and smoke your ass in the town square. I mean, and and that's some of the stuff that needs to get healed in our collective. And I don't think it was a mistake that you were exposed to that, um, the negative side of that, um, b- because it gave you insights. Um, and now that that you're engaging that process, you're a different person because of the 
the broad range of exposure you had to that medium, if that makes sense. Yes, yes. But when you learn the different techniques, it would be easy to do something that is not quite right. Right. I mean, you know, you can send energy, and in that energy you send, you can also send things that maybe you should not. Or right. maybe you, you are dealing, um, you're a little bit too, no, too, too nosy with people. So we have to be very careful to keep ourselves very, very clear and always on, in, in, on, the, on the path with a lot of light. So I'm doing that, but I was afraid before that it would be difficult. You know, I was a different person, and I said, well, maybe I'll, I'll be tempted sometimes to act against somebody I don't like or whatever. So I, and I was not ready. You know, again, sometimes you do things uh, later because you're not ready before. And um, I'm glad I went through the training. I'm glad I can help people. But, um, oh, something as you were talking about, uh, stress, etc. Sometimes when I help people, um, and it's long distance, you know, like let's say it was a young man who was going for his master, and he was totally stressed. I mean, stressed, couldn't sleep, etc. So I, he called me. And I told him, okay, in about 15 minutes, I want you on the couch or in your bed. Time. And then he sent a text, I'm, I'm going to lay down now. So I started to work on him, and he fell asleep. So then I could work on him because there was no push from his side, you know, to, I, I, right. I don't want that so that works very well. And it's not the first time that when I do that, I say, go lay down. And I work on the person, and the person feels drowsy, falls asleep, then you can work better because you can, the energy doesn't, um, you know, there is not, uh, it's, it's not blocked. Right. Well, I, I found that it's easier to do it that way. And I, I like what you said about um, when you when you teach people about energy work, you understand the negative side of it, and you and uh, to, to have that awareness and have that part of what you teach, I think is really important because it's uh, it's. I think all of us have uh, a healing modality in one form or another, but a lot of times um, we, our upbringing, like especially in in my Christian background, it, it we weren't even taught to think about that, and and so we can have a negative connotation about the idea of ourselves being healers. And if our soul intends for us to wake up to this modality, and yet our mind has this this fearful memory of it, it can again our egos jump in and say no because our egos want to run the whole flipping rodeo, and uh, mm-hmm. and and so I I think it's it's a it's a powerful aspect of your history with the healing modality to understand 
um, both the, the positive and the and the negative aspects to that. So, um, as far as your book, who did you write this book for? Well, <laughs> it was very difficult. I don't know you when you started. You had to find your ideal reader, right? Well, it was difficult because I had taken a lot of classes. I had taken uh, taught as well. I was. I met a lot of people who would be very interested by what I have to say, <laughs> and I couldn't choose. It was so difficult. And finally, when I woke up and said, "Hey, this book is for me," when I was 22, <laughs> right. because at that age. I there were so many things happening to me, like I, I told you, out of out of body, etc. There were things I would I would uh, I would do sometimes, and it was what made me do that, you know. But but it saved me or it helped me, and there were too many things happening. I couldn't talk to anybody, so I wish I would have found a book at the time or or be able to talk to someone. And so I'm going to write this book. For me, when I was 22, so how would I like a book? So I would like a book. So that's how I build my book. I said, I would like to have explanation. I'd like to things to be classified so I can understand better, etc., etc. I'd like to have a lot of varied stories. So um, that way it can touch more people. But, you know, the, the young woman I was too, just to see that there is such a variety of signs and synchronicities. So that's how I chose to, 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 to write my book. It was from, for the, me at age 22. Very it was nice. An arbitrary, but I like, I like the, the, the number 22. And I said 22. Well, it was in my very early 20 that, uh, that I was aware of too many things happening and I couldn't talk to anybody. So a book is would have been great. <laughs> right. Well, so I, just the idea of signs and synchronicities, um, especially if if we don't uh, consider ourselves psychic, if we don't feel like we're psychically tuned in, a lot of times it is signs and synchronicities how our angels and guides. Uh, used to communicate with us, so mm-hmm. that's what re- that's what I I really enjoyed about your book is your your uh, you're bringing your own experiences, and then all throughout the book you have these points to ponder. Like uh, I'm on page 92 right now, and it says, the point to ponder, when facing a potentially dangerous situation, have you ever had someone step in at the last minute to help you? Uh, on, On the next page, have you ever suddenly, without any thought or understanding, taken a drastic, potentially dangerous action only to find out subsequently it was exactly the right thing to do. Uh, mm-hmm. I like that because a lot of times we don't recognize that um, um, we have been extremely tuned in and, and we we did the extreme, uh, I don't know, extremely right thing. 
And and yet a lot of times our mind will discount that. I mean, you, you, with these point to ponder notes throughout the book, it, it gives you an opportunity to reflect in your past how many times that you have been psychically tuned in, even though you might not have realized it at the time. Mm-hmm. One thing that helps people for those who have a write a journal is, I did see in my book, I explain, go back in your journal and scan it, and wherever you see the words, um, bizarre, strange, weird, etc., stop and read what it's all about. It's very likely that it's going to be about synchronicities or signs. And because it's something you did not understand or, or it, it's synchronicities happen, it was exactly what was supposed to happen, but you had no clue it was, it was going to be that way, et cetera, et cetera. So we read what you wrote, and that might be one of the signs that you had. So I tell people, just, just go back into your, your journals and uh, you'll see. I like that. Well, now, um, it's time to put attention on you and your book. So the show is about your latest book, Winked from Above, Opening Up to Signs and Synchronicities to Receive Little Miracles Each Day. Now, you've also talked about um, working with people Take some time now and tell us how to get your book. If you offer services online, in person or remotely, um, tell our audience how how they might contact you. And go ahead and, and share that with us now, please. All right. Well, first of all, I have a website. My website is wingsfromabove.com. So wingsfromaboveoneword.com. Come. Uh, that's the website, and at the end of um, of the website, you'll have my email address, um, how to buy the book as well on Amazon. Uh, you'll have a lot of of little details. My my, uh, I'm on LinkedIn, Facebook. It's it's all there at the end of um, the website. So um, and. Or you can go directly on Amazon and look for Wings from Above by Lillian Portner. And it's offered in, um, in Kindle, in paperback, and also now on, uh, as an audio book. So, um, yeah, that's, that's how you, 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 can, uh, you can get my book. Now, I'm going to, I'm preparing to write children's book, uh, a children's book series uh, with a message found in my book. I'm doing that because some parents read the book and asked, why don't you write something like that for children? So I'm going to, um, I have several ideas, that's why I think a series would be much better, and I will illustrate it as well myself, because I have ideas on all that. So. Um, I plan on probably the first book will be next next year, spring, early summer, because before that, I'm preparing a 
six to eight weeks online seminar, and that I would like to be ready to offer it in January, February. So um, I'm also planning to do live weekend workshops, possibly in my area. And I thought of maybe some free workshops for elderly in senior homes. Um, I think there is some need there to, you know, to, to offer them some little tools maybe they haven't thought about. And I usually present things in a, in a, in a way that is positive. There is, there is fun to have. I know we all go through some very, very difficult time, but by learning how to recognize the sign and synchronicities, it does help. Plus, it would probably help the elderly people to review their lives and, and check, you know, how many signs, synchronicity they had, etc. That could be interesting for them. Um, I also tend to include in my workshops and seminars elements of happy for no reason. I studied with the author, Mar Marcy Shimov, and I just received my certificate. So I can teach and I can use elements of a book or, or, or a course, actually, and incorporate it into my course. So there are lots of uh, things about happy for no reason, uh, a lot of techniques that are interesting. Uh, so I, I will, I will uh, combine some of the teaching with mine. So that's, uh, that's what, and writing articles as well. Yesterday I sent something and um, I'm starting to be asked to write articles or maybe send an excerpt of, of my book, etc. So I'm starting to do that as well. So, not retiring, no, no. <laughs> Just, uh, you're, you're, you're cruising right along. You've got a lot on your plate. And bravo to you. I think that's, that's more in line with what spirit intends for us throughout our whole life, not just um, the early years. Well, time can go by pretty fast. I want to thank you for being our guest on the show tonight. I've really enjoyed this conversation. Can I say one little thing? Sure. The you book received six, six uh, international awards, one first place, one uh, silver medal, and four finalists. That was... Uh, <laughs> So that's, uh, that's, that's that's very that's, nice. Mm -hmm. I was very uh, happy about that. Oh, so I bet. Very nice. Well, yeah. thank you again for being our guest tonight. I've really enjoyed this episode. And thank you so much. Such a delight to chat with you, Les. So delightful. We've been talking with Lillian Fortna, and the topic tonight is the title of her latest book, Winks from Above. What I liked about this episode is, is how we open up to guidance. Like I said at the beginning, we all have an, an ego, and our ego's listening to this sentencing that's coming out of my ego. <laughs> And we all have a heart. Our our heart can be um, passionate and on fire. A passionate heart can be very in, in, intimidating to an ego. We all have a soul. A soul can have a life purpose. 
in mind for us before we were even born. Our soul can see many, 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 many different ways our life could go from this point forward. And if our mind's stuck in a white picket fence idea of what our life could be, we're really kind of selling ourselves short. In other words, until our ego has the ability to chill out (laughs) and take a step back and open the floor, so to speak, open the, have an open mic where our heart and our soul can chime in day in and day out when we can create opportunities for the wisdom of our heart and our soul to guide us all through the day, all through the week, all through the month, all through the year. And then our angels, God bless them, who've been hanging with us since day one, they're anxious to help, but they're not going to jump in unless they're invited. I mean, what we're really talking about here is, is there's a lot of information available to us but we're not going to really be able to harvest that information until we teach our egos the value of letting go of the steering wheel, taking our white knuckles off the steering wheel, so to speak, and opening up. Like like I've said many times, had I stayed in ego, I never would have written books. I never, never would have become a podcast host. I never would have... Um, taken all these tangents, seemingly tangents, but they were actually probably designed for my life before I was born. And and now when new information comes into my life, when my heart and my soul shows me new vectors, new tangents of what my life can be, my ego recognizes the value of it the first time it hears it, it doesn't sit there and want to argue. <laughs> my, my arguing ego has taken a rest, or so it seems. I, I don't want to ever think that um, um, I have arrived. In other words, I always try to uh, hold what I think my life is going to be with a like a feather. I. And that affords me the ability to take new directions, new tangents, new opportunities that my heart and my soul can show to me if I can if I teach my ego the value of being um open to this information then I'm I'm really opening up a portal of opportunity that my heart, my soul, and my angels can provide to me. And once you've once you've done that a few times, like I really like writing now. I like I like interviewing people. I like being a podcast host. In other words, I like my life when I follow this inspiration. I enjoy I, I feel more, how would I say it, um, at the end of the day, at the end of this day, when I have taken steps to fulfill the inspiration of my heart and my soul, 
this day, my heart is satisfied, my soul is satisfied, and my ego is satisfied. So I have this deep sense of fulfillment and gratitude in this day of the journey. In this day of the journey. So the more I stay open, the more my heart, my soul, and my ego walk in step with each other. And when when my heart, my soul, and my ego are walking in step throughout the day, uh, there can't be any, I don't I want to say can't, but the stress goes away, the anxiety goes away, a sense of excitement comes in. It's like, where's my life going to go? I have no flipping idea. <laughs> well, speaking of of going, the, the hour has gone by pretty fast. Here we are at the end of the show. I want to thank you, the listener, for joining us here in our 13th year. We do it for you. We do it for you, the listener. I know you're powerful. I know you have more power to discover about yourself. You always have. It's always a pleasure. I'm your host, Les Jensen. I appreciate you spending this time with us now. You've been listening to a New Human Living broadcast. I'm your host, Les Jensen. Let me ask you a question. How many times during today, this day, has your heart and soul had direct communication with you? Our egos, left unchecked, will easily consume all of our thoughts and consciousness as we go throughout the day where we really are living an ego-led life. But our ego cannot even comprehend the vision our soul has for us. If you want to increase your personal power, make space throughout your day for your heart and soul to inspire you. Citizen King, The New Age of Power is a book I wrote just for that. I want to thank you for joining us tonight. I appreciate it. Until next time, thanks for listening.